Hello, my fight fan friends. Support for the Fitz Nation podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. But if you're a UFC fan, I don't have to tell you that. They've been a great partner with the UFC for years, and I'm thrilled they wanted to support the Fitz Nation podcast as well. Manscaped's products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Their performance package is the ultimate in men's hygiene. Join more than 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code FITS20. That's at manscaped.com. Use the promo code FITS20, F-I-T-Z-2-0, and that'll get you 20% off and free shipping. Now, I mean, just a quick note. We've all kind of brought the razor down there, and you just want to neaten things up a little bit, and you either cut yourself or, you know, you look like you got a bad haircut if you catch my drift with bald spots. That does not happen with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. They sent it to me, and it is a total game changer. You got the Lawnmower 4.0. That's the trimmer. You got the Weed Whacker for those ear and nose hairs. I'm not to the ear hairs yet. I'm at the nose hairs, though. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Crop Reviver Toner. I mean, they got everything that you need and more. Trust me, you are going to want to get this package, and the great news is it's a great deal. 20% off, free shipping, promo code FITS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com, and use the promo code FITS20. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now it's time for our episode of FITS Nation. Fitz Nation, let's go. I always had to be mega in the zone, ready to go out there on my shield. Be in the question and don't look for the answer because the answer is the end. Think about who I'm fighting for, fight for something greater. At the end of the day, you got to believe in yourself. It's time for the Fitz Nation podcast with your host, Brendan Fitzgerald. Chris Curtis looking great. How are you, dude? <laughs> Good, man. Just tired. Oh, very tired still. Sorry. Right. Tired from, back in the, gym. Just tired the, fight, from the fight and the training and all that? Yeah, just the tired. You know, the fight's exhausting. 15 minutes of wrestling is pretty tiring, man. But then I was back in the gym on Monday, so we just went right back to it. No real, no real breaks. So this week will be a little hard. We got guys fighting this week and next week. We're not going to have a vacation. Yeah. So like, uh, when you, when you have a fight, like how taxing is it not physically and within the fight? That's obviously crazy, but like, I feel like my life is spiraling out of control because I just have a lot going on and I'm trying to keep up with it. I can only imagine when you're getting ready for something that big that you only get to do a few times a year. Uh, like what is life like in the aftermath when you're trying to like gather your thoughts again? Oh man, like I get it. My life is constantly spiraling out of control at all times. <laughs> I'm holding on by a thread most days, man. Oh but, man, uh, maybe that means we're doing something right that we're juggling like, enough. I don't know. I, you just gotta believe, man. You just gotta believe. But uh, <laughs> um, the worst part is, like, man, like it's weird. I right, so on fight day. I'm from like four weeks out up until weigh-ins. I'm the, I'm a nervous wreck at all times. I always think I'm going to suck. I'm losing practice. 
I freak myself out. I'm always like fighting, you know, the best fighter on the planet. So my life is just an absolute wreck from like four weeks from the fight up until weigh-ins. But the moment I weigh in up through the fight, I'm completely happy and calm. Everything's fine. I'm collected. My thoughts are there. But before that point, oh man, my life is miserable. And like, it's just, uh, you always assume you're going to suck. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was talking to somebody. I've got like 28 wins, 29 wins now. Yeah. And I'm always like, at this, with this many wins, I'm like, oh, I'm a fraud. I've been getting lucky for so long. I just keep getting lucky. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you're like, no one gets lucky that many times. But like, it's complete emotional wreck up until weigh-ins. I, I, I get you loud and clear. I, like, even before I do these interviews, I'm like, well, I'm like 100 episodes into this podcast. And, uh, you know, the interviews seem to go pretty well. And like right before I hit go or send you the link or whatever, I'm just like, this is pro- what am I even doing? Why why am I even trying this? It's called imposter syndrome, is what it is. And I looked at it, I got explained to me. It's just like, yeah, like no matter what your success, what you've done, you're always like, I am a fraud. I should not be here. I have lucked through my life, and it's just, it's. I guess we all do it, man. It's insane, though. It's like. You get 100 episodes in. I'm like yeah. 36, 37 fights since my pro career, 29 wins. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, I'm somehow succeeding. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Are you at the point where you're trying to – how do you deal with it? Like the next time around, like when you book that next fight after you've won another one in the UFC, how do you think you'll feel and how do you deal with it? I'll feel the exact same way. I do this every camp. Sean Strickland makes fun of me. He's like, cause like at like four weeks before the fight, I start freaking out. He's like, you do this every time. <laughs> yeah. So like Sean and Eric, uh, Eric Dipsy, the coach, they all wear like, you do this every single time you fight to where like you get four weeks out. The moment I have a bad day, I'm like, I suck. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got to train even more because I'm terrible. Like, you do this every single time. So nothing will change. I'll just be miserable for four weeks <laughs> and then I'll go. I'll go away in and then I'll be fine. So yeah, yeah, you know, you think we learned a lesson, but like, no, no, we don't. You know, when you're signing the contract, you know what you're signing up for at this point. It's going to start out great. Then I'm going to have a mental breakdown and then I'll go fight. There you go. (laughs) Um, I want to say, I want to ask you this quick. I'm going to do you know, long form about your life and career and all that, but you just beat a specialist in Hidolfo Vieira. And by the time this episode comes out, the Strickland fight is going to be in the rearview mirror. But what do you think of specialists in MMA? Because he's fighting the striking guy. You fought the jujitsu guy. What do you think of that in the modern day mixed martial arts? It's a lot different than it used to be. Uh, specialists in MMA are kind of they can really have a, kind of a weird uh, a weird niche in the sport now. Because I guess I'm technically like a boxing specialist, but I've got so much experience that I'm kind of like growing out into other areas. But uh, I mean, look at uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that fought Puna, Max, uh, or what's his name? Roshkoff, whatever his name is. Or who Max, was the oh, Maximoff, yeah, Nick Maximoff. Nick Maximoff yeah, yeah, yeah. fought Puna. Wrestling yeah. specialist, really good at wrestling, sucks at everything else. And uh, it's just. Being a, I think being a specialist without like any type of spread in your stat points just doesn't work the same anymore, man. Like the game has evolved so quickly in like such like interesting directions that very, 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 very few specialists are able to succeed. Like Izzy's like the one guy who's really like a supreme specialist at this point who's doing well. And, uh, you know, 
I don't, I don't really know how long that's going to last, but I, I just don't think that they have the same because everyone's learning the sport now hand in hand. You're learning boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu hand in hand. So, yeah. you know, having one, you know, a plus stat and a bunch of like C or D stats is going to catch up to you, man. So like, I think it's just, we're kind of at a point in the sport to where if you've got a great base in everything and then have a specialty, cool. Like, that's great. But you can't just have that skewed spread, man. It just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Cause we're now far enough into the sport existing where the the kid who's a high school standout high school wrestler who wants to be an MMA fighter is already working on striking. Yeah, he's not just going to rely on wrestling until he gets to the top. You got like I, there's a nine year old girl, ten year old girl that I trained who you know she's ten years old, nine years old. She already had two fights, and she you see it right insane. Two fights, she's, nine she's years nine, old. and she's like, I'm going to go to the UFC. It's like yeah, it's like she, wanting to go to the NFL now. She's got, she's got her, she's a, she was a big Chris uh, Cyborg fan. She's a big beef with Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a real thing. And like, yeah. she's like, I'm going to get there. I was like, you're nine. She's going to be like 48 by the time you get there. <laughs> but, but you know, she's nine years old. She's doing boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, everything. So, like, you know, it, it's, it's starting earlier now. Um, instead of uh, people getting there and becoming complete fighters, they're coming out of the gate at your door, coming to your doorstep as complete fighters. So like it's the game's definitely changed a whole lot. Yeah, sure has. All right. Here's my memory, Chris. Uh, I have a a good memory and and a weird one at that. Um, I remember your interview on Dana White's contender series back in 2018. And you're talking about, uh, you know, your past and you said, I'm from Cincinnati. It's not a great place. So if you've ever been there, you probably shouldn't go there. Yeah, right. I, I thought that's an back. interesting thought to have about your home city, your hometown. I'll let you pick it up from here. You're from Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati, Ohio, man. I'm always going to represent Cincinnati, Ohio, man. It's where I was born and raised, where I grew up. Cincinnati, uh, great people for the most part, but the place just sucks, man. It's uh, Cincinnati is, as much as I love it, it unfortunately isn't a place that breeds uh, – it doesn't breed that attitude to succeed. Like when you're in Cincinnati, I tell Cincinnati is where dreams go to die. Is what I tell people. It, it, it just doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't foster that like desire to succeed. It doesn't have the really the community and the backing and infrastructure to like support, you know, people like athletes and artists and things like that. Which is why everyone from, everyone from Cincinnati who has like a big dream leaves Cincinnati because it's just not that place. And, uh, you know, it's gotten kind of weird lately, man, but, uh, it's got this. It's got good bones, but man, we just we keep throwing a bunch of shit on top of it. <laughs> what do you mean by uh, when did you realize that it wasn't the place to foster your dreams and help you grow into them? Uh, pretty early on in my pro career, I guess I realized like you know this. There's a lot of um, was it crabs in a bucket mentality is into that to where nobody wants to instead of lifting each other up, a lot of people want to keep pulling everybody else around them down. And, you know, there's, there's just a lot, it, it doesn't just have the, like, like for, my, for me, especially, it doesn't have the infrastructure or like, you know, we don't have all of the gyms. We don't have all the training partners and like for fighting specifically, like it's a good place to start. It's like to learn some stuff, but like, you know, you, to reach that higher level, you kind of have to leave. But even like other sports, like you're saying, if you're a basketball player from Cincinnati, if you're an artist, you're a musician from Cincinnati. It doesn't have the, so if you come to someplace like Vegas, go to California, uh, you know, Florida, 
there's a community in place to where artists, athletes, everything else, you know, there's a community you can go there, plug in, and everybody's trying to reach that next level. And in doing so, you know, it's that killer be killed mentality. Like everyone's, you know, everyone's grinding, everyone's pushing, and you need that. So you need guys around you to say, I want to be the best in the world. I want to be whatever. Like a lot, a lot of people back home are like, I want to be the best fighter in Cincinnati. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I'm going to be the best guy in Ohio. I'm like, that, that, that doesn't, that's nothing. Like you need to be somewhere where the goal is to be leagues above anything you can see right now. So you come to Vegas, you got guys out here who are trying to be the best guy in the world. You're not the best guy in Vegas, not the best guy in the U.S. You got guys here who want to be the best in the world. You go to California, you got guys that want to be movie stars, rock stars, the best athletes in the world. And I think to succeed at anything, you kind of need to be in that environment. Yeah. Why did you gravitate towards fighting? Uh, for those who don't know, you're son of what? A doctor? I have on your sheet. You're son, son of a doctor and Two a professor. Hours. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so son of, son of yeah. two doctors. Your brother was a pharmacist. A pharmacist your yeah. sister went to law school. Yeah. And, and, and then you're like, I'm the, and you said, I'm the black sheep. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> I've always loved fighting. This has always been the one thing I cared about. I, uh, I always love, I just love fighting, man. And then like, I remember one of my earliest funny memories, my cousin was uh, in town, front of town and he had a Sega Saturn. And I remember playing virtual fighter for the first time. And I was just like blown away. But even before that, you know, I love street fighter. I love Mortal Kombat. You know, I, I was a kid in the playground, like still playing power rangers and everybody else was playing football. I've always just loved fighting. Like it's always been the one thing I wanted to be good at. The one thing I love, I always love fighting. And, uh, that kind of never went away, man. Everybody thought I'd grow out of it. And I, I just didn't like, yeah, I always <laughs> loved fighting. Uh, I've gone from like the kid running around playing power rangers or running around trying to get in the fights to like, you know what, now I can uh, make some money off of this. So I think from a very young age, I always knew what I wanted to do. And then uh, I remember seeing a UFC, uh, a UFC once. My first UFC, uh, the one I saw was a VHS of, I think it was Tito and Vitor Belfort. And I was like, oh, so this is like a real thing. Like just go fight people and they pay you money. Like, so from a young age, I've always known what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, but you're from a good family. Were you from a good part of town? I grew up in a suburb. It was fine. My yeah. mom raised my mom raised uh myself, my brother, and my sister uh, by herself. Uh, we were never like super uh wealthy coming up. Yeah. And we struggled a bit, but my mom, you know, she she got us in a good part of town, a good nice little suburb, I had a quiet childhood. I didn't have any like real traumatic backstory. It was pretty normal. I just liked fighting. Yeah. Was your dad around? Uh, no, he wasn't really a big part of uh, my life growing up. Uh, my parents have been divorced since before I was born, so it's never really been like the greatest relationship. We get along, we get along just fine. We've never been really super close. We got raised by my mom. Yeah, uh, so my entire life. It's normal to like fight. I mean, I like Ninja Turtles. You know, just like Mortal Kombat is popular for a reason. But, but if you don't come up where you're like fighting in the street or like what was your experience at getting into fights? Because doing the ninja thing is cool. You're getting popped in the mouth. That's a bit of a different thing. Dude, so yeah. So for someone who didn't have like a childhood in the streets, man, it was just weird. I was <laughs> I was always the kid like doing kung fu in my backyard, working on karate in my backyard by myself. I was always a kid uh, 
when I was in school, I got in trouble a lot for fighting. The people were just like, why are you so weird? <laughs> like, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and then... Uh, or did you get in the street fights? Oh, God. Like, oh, it was so bad. So, like, in school is one thing. I got to fight a lot at school just because I was a, wanted to fight people. But well, once I got out of high school, man, like, oh, my God. From, like, 17 to, like, 20, I was a hellion, man. I was just like, I was, I mean, I was like, I was a skateboard kid. I'm walking around, I had blonde hair. I'm on a skateboard with blonde hair, riding around, looking for people to say, uh, say shit to me. So I can go fight people. Uh, it, it, was, it was crazy, man. Like, especially cause like, uh, in my early, like 18, 19, 20, I lived in a shitty part of town. When I moved out. So I was waiting for people to like come talk to me or start fights with me. And I was just, I was the guy on a dime. I was ready to fight everybody in the room. So I was, I was kind of a dick when I was younger, man. I got into a lot of uh, street fights between 18 and 20. What do you think? Uh, so you move out. What were your plans after high school? No idea, man. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just working a job, kind of like flying through, like, you know, stumbling through life as most 18 year olds do. I kind of started going to school for a little bit, but I wasn't really interested. Uh, it was law school, like, right? I was, I was gonna pre, I was gonna pre law. I was I wanted to be supposed, I wanted to be a lawyer. I was like, okay, I was gonna be pre pre law. You smart kid in high school then? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I was well, not bad at all. I don't like I didn't like taking tests, but I was actually a really intelligent yeah. kid. I come from a good family. My mom spent a lot of money on education, so it wasn't school was never really a big problem at all. It's just, oh man, I was so bored. I was really bored. Like you know, unfortunately, when you find your true love really early, everything else becomes boring. Agree, but uh, yeah, I was I was doing the doing the school thing, and just roaming around, being an asshole, fighting people, working, and uh, I, I I lucked out. I actually met my son's mom when I was nineteen, I think. Uh-huh. Bad with ages. I remember I was nineteen, and uh, I actually met her when she was three months pregnant, I believe. I think three three months pregnant, and we dated. And she had little Chris and he's not named after me. He's different. He's named after a soap opera guy, but it just worked out that way. But, um, you know, I, she had Chris and I think like, you know, being with her through the pregnancy and then seeing him be born kind of definitely changed me as a person. So I, I, I took him on, adopted him. And then it just made me kind of realize like, holy shit, like, you know, all of a sudden I've got someone else that's looking up to me to like take care of them and like exists. So I was like, okay, well I've got to change. I've got to make some changes. I got to do better with my life. I've got to make something of myself, but I still love fighting. I invested a lot of my life in like getting better at fighting. So I kind of fell into MMA and, you know, he's one of the big reasons why I got serious about it and about my training and everything else, because I, I wanted to be able to take care of him. And I wanted, I wanted to be better. I wanted to show him something better than just like, you know, hey, your dad's a hell yeah. It runs around, fights people and works nine yeah. to five. Yeah. So did you, did you wrestle in high school? I, I wrestled like half a season in high school and I'm like, this sucks. So I went back to boxing. <laughs> um, oh, so you, so you trained in combat sports outside of school. Yeah, I did uh, karate for a little bit. I did boxing and then uh, I wrestled for half a season and, right. uh, like ninth grade. I was like, this sucks. So I left. Did you ever like pursue competitions and stuff like that? Or were you just kind of like, I trained a little bit, looked for <laughs> fights on the street. Cause that's really what I wanted to do. Just then, training, man. I, I just yeah. trained a lot just because my mom wasn't really too big on letting me compete in like boxing and like combat sports. So I never really got to compete them as much as I wanted to. So it was never really a thing. So I would train, I'd work out and then I go. fight people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause so many fighters will, 
um, I want to get back to your son too, but so many fighters, it's like, I wasn't done competing. Competing is like the utmost thing that I found. And you're like the total opposite of that. You're just like trained. And then you had to find your own competition. Yeah. I, so there's a thing like competitions, not, I don't like competing. Like I, I don't like competing at all. If we're like, oh, hey, people are like, oh, you challenged me to something, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I, I, don't, I don't care about competition. It doesn't really matter. Competition means zero. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm like, okay, well, if you win, good for you. I don't really care. But fighting, like fighting and competition are very different for me. I didn't come to fighting because I like competition. I came to fighting because I like the act of fighting. Like there's nothing about like, oh, you know, pushing myself and competition. Like, no, I love the act of fighting. I, I, I love it. I love it. it's like being in there and like the entire point is like, you know, like it's, it's just a fist fight. It's, 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 it's so weird for me to explain, but like, I love the act of fighting. When did you fall in love with that? Dude, day one, man, like freaking just young getting into fights with my brother. I loved it. I love getting the fights on the playground. I love watching fighting. I love like playing street fighter and like, you know, thinking about all the cool stuff these characters are doing watching like TV shows and people are doing like martial arts and stuff. I've just, we all have things that speak to us and like the act of fighting is something that always just spoke to me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's very refreshing to hear you say it's not about competition. Cause I kind of felt that way. I mean, I was an athlete in high school, never liked the one-on-one -on -one sports as much, but and when I hear people say like, Oh man, I just love to compete. I'm just like, that wasn't it for like I, it was so much fun to play football and to yeah, play right? hockey and like I yeah. wanted to win as much as I could but it wasn't like compete 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 and I, like that's but most of the message it, right? and I'm just like did I do it wrong like should yeah, I have sure. liked competition more you <laughs> know sporting wrong like what am right. I doing? it's a thing no it, it's so crazy because like it's not it's not about the competition for me man it's about the act of doing it like I love I, I tell people all the time guys don't understand man like just being in the fight is I'm the worst. Like, I'm like, a, I'm a wreck the week before the fight, but in the fight, you'll never find somebody more calm or happier to be there than me. Like, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it is it, like, um, like golf is a good example. I've gotten way better at golf when I stopped caring about how good I was when I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? I only get to play a few times a year and you got a family and, and responsibilities and work I'm just going to go out when it's a sunny day and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of playing some golf and, and whoever I'm with. And sure enough, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm actually pretty good at this because it's not about the competing. It's not about winning. It's about like just enjoying what the actual you know topic is. And if I didn't enjoy it, then I wouldn't do it. It's entirely true. I say all the time, most people in fighting don't like fighting. Most people in fighting really like competing. They really like winning. But very few of us actually genuinely enjoy the act of fighting. And I'm someone who genuinely enjoys the act of fighting more than like any other part of it. That's a fantastic way to put it. I talked to Josh Emmett on this show a few weeks ago, two weeks before his main event. He's just like, no, I don't like fighting. It's like I had 15 rounds of boxing sparring today. And I'm like, yeah, but you like the training, right? And he's just like, no, I'm not having a good day. I just <laughs> <laughs> like, well, then he's like, I'm obsessed with becoming the champion. You know, see, every everybody's got their own like what drives them in the morning. Like my, I never really thought about like becoming a champion, man. Like my entire goal was always just to see like how far I could go. I've always I've always been terrified to like get to the end of my life, end of my career, 
and be that guy wondering, you know, could I have gone farther? Like, could I have been a, you know, could I have been a contender? I don't know, but my goal is to get as far as I can go. I don't care where that is. I don't care, you know, if, well, I mean, I would, I'd be heartbroken if I would never want to fight again. But say I go, I wash out the UFC, and that's it for me. It's fine. It sucks, yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to – a lot of people in this sport don't test themselves because they're afraid to find out. You're afraid to find out that you're not as good as you thought you were or that you don't belong. It's finding out that you don't sucks. Trust me, it's, it definitely sucks. It happens to all of us at some point. But I think the only thing worse than finding out is never knowing and like feeling like you left something on the table or you kind of like ran from it. So for me, I just want to go. So I just want to see how far I can go. And like that's all that's all I've asked of anyone at any time. That's why I hated not getting signed to the UFC because I was like, you guys are never going to let me even fail. People are like, oh, he's not good enough. I'm like, fuck, if I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. That's fine. But like, let me find out. Let me know so I don't, I don't have to live with this. Like, well, could I have done it had I got signed? Or like, you know, I don't want to be like 70 years old. Like, oh, I just had bad luck. Like, I never got a chance. So like, if I, if I can't make it, I can't make it. It's fine. I'll accept that. That's on me. As a man, as an adult, you kind of have to get to a point where you to accept, like, you know, this is, this is your limit. But nothing would have been worse than never being able to find out. Chris, I knew that we were going to have a good chat, man. I knew <laughs> that we were going to have a good conversation. It's not over. Don't worry. But no, I'm wondering if um, I'm like, I'll be like eye twitch, like really bad eye twitches still from the fight. So I'm wondering if it's showing up. My oh, eyes really? Just, no, like, I can't there. see it at all. Nope, no, I just twitch I'm just like, yeah, it's like still from the fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, you're speaking a lot of truth. You're speaking a lot of refreshing truth. And I freaking love it. Um, I just thought, you know, we'll get to the <laughs> contender series thing too. Uh, <laughs> but um, I want, Back to your son, because you mentioned your son uh, before your fight. His name is Christopher, right? Yeah, Christopher Dale, yeah. Christopher with a K? Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Wikipedia. And yeah. um, I have a so, Wikipedia? Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a Wikipedia page. It's like, I, don't know, I don't know who made it, because my management asked if I wanted Wikipedia. And I was like, don't, because I wanted to choose your own adventure style. And they're like, you can't do that. And I was, so people don't make me one, man. But my yeah. entire goal was to choose your own adventure Wikipedia style just to fuck with people. But, oh, man, that'd be amazing. Yeah, right? Uh, they're, they're like, we're not doing that. So I was like, don't make me one, man. I can check so, this out. That's cool. Um, so you mentioned, though, like, so you met your son's mom. She was pregnant. Yeah. So, yeah, your uh, son, she, so not your biological son. Uh, you mentioned you adopted him. And you were talking to, before the fight about how important he was and about, like, um, you know, just, just trying to justify what you're pursuing as a father. Yeah. But, uh, but can you speak to the fact that you were somebody riding your skateboard around, getting into fights, and just because you didn't have that kind of competition avenue to ride up on, uh, and then you you meet her, and she's already pregnant. I mean, we hear the stories like Jerry Maguire when you know she already has the kid, and you're like, "Well, I don't know. Do I want to commit this month or whatever?" <laughs> She's three months pregnant. You jump in, Chris. Like, what? What was that? That speaks to kind of how much you needed a little structure. I don't know how do how do you um how do you describe the reason for that? I was I was always like a really like sad, angry kid, man. I was just I was that kid. Like even even my even my music is still like two thousand early two thousands emo. I was always a sad, angry kid, man. Like uh, yeah, we we all have our own battles we face. And uh, she was just a really good friend to me, man. Like, it's funny because like she did not want to date me. She was like, um, I'm pregnant, sir. Like and she did not <laughs> she did not want to date me at all. But she was just a really good friend to me, especially at a time to where like I really needed a good friend. 
No, I, I, I was I had my own like a whole lot of issues going on, and she was just someone who was a really good friend to me, man. Like she listened, and she was there for me, and like from that, that that meant more to me than like anything else at the time. So like having her be gonna be able to lean on her and be there for me it meant a lot. So I was like, okay, you know, you definitely helped me in some of my uh like some of my own like big stuff I was dealing with on my own. So I was like, okay, what what's a kid like? What's what's raising a kid? And, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, man, looking back, I was like, ooh, I definitely got lucky on that one because that, <laughs> looking back on that, like, as like a 34, I'm like, what the fuck? Even my mom was like, what are you doing right now? Like, you can't mm-hmm. raise a kid, you retard. But, uh, you know, it was by far the best thing I ever did, man, because, like, you know, I didn't I had no idea. It, it's funny because, like, my mom, as much as my mom was against it, my mom would be the first one to tell you that it was the best thing I ever did. And like, he gave me, he definitely gave me a little bit of, I, I was, I was pretty rudderless before a uh, little Chris was born and like him being born definitely gave me a structure and like, I guess a compass and like direction to what I wanted, like what I needed to do, what I wanted to do. Because I spent so much of my adult life, like trying to do things to be better for him and like do things for him. So it definitely, uh, it, it, it definitely changed who I was as a person. And like, you know, so greatest decision I ever made was deciding to like, Hey, I should go take on this, uh, this newborn and like, you know, be yeah. there. Like, and at what point did you realize I'm doing right by him? He's giving me direction. I'm doing right by him. And what it's doing is it's helping me in my life, figure it out. Uh, I mean, it was a few, you know, like, I think like that magic age is like three, like three years old where like, you know, three, four years old, they start becoming a person they got their own personalities. And you know, he's, he's always been a huge daddy's boy. He's, he's the biggest daddy boy who's ever lived. It's funny. And you just kind of realize, you know, that he wants to be like, you know, at four years old, he wants to, he wanted to be like me. Like, you know, he's, you know, you kind of realize you're, you're a kid's hero and you're like, yeah, I'm your hero, but like, I'm only doing any of this because like I wanted to be bad. I wanted life to be good for you. So it's one of those things you realize like, okay, I've pushed myself really hard to not give up and I haven't allowed myself to give up because I'd be like ashamed to think about all the, uh, the things he's had to sacrifice in his life, man. Like I, I was broke for so long. I was, I was really, really broke for a long time. And all things he's had to sacrifice and everything so that I can pursue this. And I'm just like, how could I quit when, you know, I had to, you know, I, I, I had to sacrifice from him for me to pursue this. So like, you know, like what, how, how can I walk away from it? Yeah. It, it, it changes you, man. It changes a whole lot. How did you get into MMA as a pro and, and start instead of just looking for fights because you love the fighting to turn it into a career? Uh, I originally, uh, my old boss, one of my old bosses, I worked at a video game store. His name was Zach Whittle, actually. Uh, he used to be a boxer. He's a boxer from New Orleans, and um, it's funny because we were we worked at a game store in Mount Healthy, and he knew I was always I was always getting the street fights, and I was legendary for street fights where where we worked. And he found a gym up the street from where we worked called Spears Gym. And Spears Gym was like a everyone from Cincinnati trained at Spears Gym at some point. It's like where everyone started for like MMA and boxing and stuff. So he found Spears Gym. They would have fights like once a month and uh, you pay 20 bucks. They match you up and you fight a guy. So I went to Spears Gym, started training in uh, my first like grappling classes. And then like three weeks later, I fought. Uh, it was like two weeks after my son was born. I had my first amateur fight. And I was like, okay, I won that. And I was like, I could do this. 
So I started training, and then uh, I switched gyms to a gym called Vision MMA, and I spent seven years there. And I, you know, I just I fell in love with it. After that first fight, I completely fell in love with it, and I was like, "This is what I want to do." So I went all in on it. Uh, at the time, I was still with my son's mom, and you know, it, it was crazy. I mean, I'm working, I'm training, I'm working, I'm training. And two years later, I would decide, I'm like, you know what? I want to go pro. I got to train more. So she's like, okay, well, I quit my job. And she was covering the bills. So I could train more and go pro. So, yeah, so like for, for a little bit, you know, she was, work, she was working full time. I would take care of Chris and go train, take her to the gym with me every day. And we'd go train. And, like, that was me in my pro career. It's like, you know, training full. I, I, I got in the morning. I, I, was, I didn't have a car. I was so broke. Like every day in Ohio, it gets really cold in the winter. Yeah. So I like get take him. Uh, she go to work. I take him. We go to the bus. We take a two hour bus ride to the gym in the morning, wow. and we be there from like. You now he's like two years old at the time. He's not even that sometimes, and he's like, "You'd be there from ten a.m. to eight p.m. and then we come home." <laughs> wow, two hour yeah. bus ride. Yeah. Be- because it was like in the city system, or did you go yeah, out? It was- it was just a, it was, it was a good, since I didn't have the greatest bus system. So yeah, it was, it was, no, so you're you know, jumping on different things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on different buses, like waiting for transfers at a bus station. Yeah. So it was rough, but yeah, we did that every day for years, man. And, uh, you know, that, that was the beginning of it. When you think back to the bus rides right now, what do you think of? That's when we're being tired, man. Like, there's nothing worse than like, you know, you got a, new, a newborn on the bus He's tired and cranky. You're, you're exhausted. You know, you, know, you get a you know, two-hour bus ride, take care of him, get off the bus, take care of him again, go train while taking care of him, then turn around and come home and doing it. You just think about, like, think about it now. I'm just like, man, like, you're kind of shocked. I, I think about how much, like, I would hate to do that right now, like, how just whatever. But when you're young, you'll do anything for your dreams, man. And that's just the best thing about having dreams is you, you will do absolutely anything for your dream. Agree. Um, how do you describe the value for anybody listening to this right now of going all in the way that you did? It's terrifying. Like so it's, 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 being said, it's terrifying, but at the same time, you can't have a dream and not go all in. If you have a dream and you're afraid to go all in of it, like it's it's not really your dream. Like you, it's terrifying to be in a, a situation where you're vulnerable to where if you you know things go wrong, especially if you fail, then you know you, you've lost all your chips. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. But for me particularly, I don't know how I could live the rest of my life if I hadn't committed myself fully to something. And, you know, say it didn't work out. Like, I always had that question. Like, had, had I given a little more? Had I cared a little more? Or had I, you know, been willing to sacrifice a little more? Could I have made it? So, for me, going all, you never know, man. Like, yeah, you can fail. But, you know, what What if you don't? I uh, she dated a girl who had a tattoo said the best thing ever. It said, but what if you fly? And I tell myself that all the time. Like, bro, you can, you can fail. What if you succeed? Like, what if you put a little bit more in and you succeed. Like, and it's, it's don't live, don't, don't live not knowing if you could have done more, like give yeah. it everything you got. And you know, if you fail, you fail, man. Like, you know, I'm sure at some point in my life, I'm going to fail at certain things. I have to start over, but I'd rather start over than never know. Yeah, man. That's a good lesson. At the, uh, Forrest Griffin said on the, um, to me, he said, 
I learned he learned going on the ultimate fighter when he could have could have been a police officer and kind of lived that life. And he said, he said, regret, regret doing something instead of re- instead of regretting not doing something. Entirely. And and 100 percent agree, man. Like I would rather. If I did it, at least I could have something to regret. But like the, the never I'm telling guys the never knowing never knowing like what could have happened and what could have been is the same would be the same. That's, that's my personal hell, man. That was my personal hell. That was my fear about not getting signed to the UFC. I would regret never. I would, it would kill me. It'd eat me alive to never know. Yeah. Like I, it's uh yeah. Like I, I, I would much rather fail than never know. So now you're, uh, you're training, um, you're doing everything that it takes to train and keep the dream alive. How would you, how do you rem- look back on like the early part of your career when you start getting pro fights and, and like, you know, part of what's responsible for this 29 and nine or 29 and eight that you have right now? Uh, it's funny, man. There's actually a decent amount of sadness about it. Like, uh, after little Chris's mom, like, no, so little Chris and his mother, his, his mother and I broke up a long time ago, but she's still like my best friend in the entire world. We, we realized that we were like 18, 19, we got together and we're terrible together. Absolutely terrible. We don't work, but she's still like my best friend in the entire world. Like I would do anything with her staff. She's my single best friend ever. But, uh, I actually ended up, uh, kind of picking things up with my uh, former, like my high school sweetheart and I, we were engaged for a long time. And like, you know, um, in those early years when things are really hard and I'm like trying to bang out all these fights and get all this stuff going, you know, she was there for me as well. And, uh, she definitely got me through many, many years of just bullshit and, uh, you know, being broke and taking care of things. And it sucks because, you know, we're not in contact anymore uh, for whatever reason, but it sucks because there's so many people that looking back on it, I'm only where I am now because I had so much help getting here. Uh, between like Stephanie and then my ex fiance as well. There, I had so much help from people who cared about me to kind of boost me up and support me to get through those years where I wasn't making anything, man. I was like making peanuts. I was training, training, training. So it, it sucks to think that there are some people in my life that I'll never be able to pay back. And like my, one of my biggest regrets is that it took me so long to get here. And I wish things could have been different earlier because there's so much stuff I'll never be able to pay back. And like that, that legitimately hurts, man. Looking back and thinking about it, and like you know, to succeed and finally, and not be able to go to somebody and say, "Hey, I did it. Thank you. We did it." Uh, that that's still one of the things that kind of buy, kind of like eats at me sometimes. But you know, you, you can't fighting like life is a journey, but fighting especially is a journey unto itself, and you have to realize, like with life and fighting, that not everybody who joins your journey is going to finish it with you. So I'm kind of learning to accept that. And then, you know, it is what it is, but I can't help but look back on like, on, you know, all the struggles and like, you know, be grateful that I had people in my life that were willing and able and loved and cared and believed enough to like help me get there. So that, that was a big thing, man. Like fighting is definitely not something that you can do on your own. It's something uh, you definitely need support for. At the same time, you have to know like, if you start this career, especially when we're fighting, that fighting is one of the most selfish things you can possibly do with your life because it's not just you that's taking things from it. Taxes the people around you more than you'll ever pay. 
like whatever sacrifice I've made, it's taken more from the people I care about. So like it's it's one of those things kind of got to reconcile later in life. But I'm just very grateful that I had people who were willing to make that sacrifice for me. Yeah, man, that's heavy stuff. But that, it, it, gets, it gets dark. Yeah, it gets really dark. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, and like you said, it's um you can't fight alone. Number one, because of how tough the sport is. When you're saying uh the other people sacrificing, what comes to your mind first? What they're doing to help you make ends meet and kind of keep the dream alive, or and maybe it's both, and it probably is, the um the mental toll that it takes. For somebody uh, that they love to go in there and put themselves at physical risk like so that. Here's the thing. It's definitely both because, like, you know, think about, like, I literally, I didn't work a regular job for, like, seven years, eight years, really, because I was just, work, you know, I work odd jobs here and there, the regular bouncing thing and shit, but you're so focused on training that it's hard to, like, you know, actually have a regular job and still get your training in to, like, be able to get above you can maintain a level you're on, but like to get higher, you know, it's really hard to work a regular job and sit for the time in to improve. So, you know, I was, I was supported by like, you know, a lot of people in my life that helped me and on top of that. Like guys, so here's the fun thing. Assuming you don't suck like badly, people in your life will worry about you fighting. But like, once you like, once you start doing well, they're kind of like, okay, it's not so bad. Watching you fights, never the issue, man. The issue is when you're, training for a fight when you're trying to be great at something mentally you are the biggest asshole who exists like you don't mean to be but like you become very selfish you're always caught up in your own world like you know you're it's it's you're not the greatest like anyone pursuing a green a dream tends to be like a dick like if you ever watched the michael jordan uh, one last dance everybody talks about how big a dick michael jordan yeah. was yeah you mean to be but like when you're trying to be great at something like your capacity for other people isn't what it should be. That's how I'm saying. So like, yeah, like you're, you're just, you're a dick, man. Like think about how much of an asshole you are. If you miss like, you know, lunch and you're stuck at work. Now imagine missing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like two weeks. Like, you know, imagine being tired all the time having to like, you know, people, it's, you're, you're, every fighter is a dick starting out, especially if they're really trying to be great. So, you know, just dealing with you, not even the mental toll of like, watching you fight it's a mental toll of dealing with you and your shit because you're off in your own world you're not really caring about how you're interacting with people and these are the people around you who love you have to put up with their shit so like oh it's, it's exhausting like i oh god that's like i mean financially there's no amount of money you can pay people who've dealt with your bullshit unless you get like so kind of everybody's the best at conor mcgregor because like oh he's cheating on his wife whatever blah 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 I'm like, no, D will never leave him because she she's being paid back for putting up with, I'm assuming, years of his bullshit. Like, <laughs> you see how kind of McGregor is. Like, guys, I promise you that wasn't, I, I can promise you that wasn't because of, oh, he's just rich now. He's been crazy. He's been crazy for a long time. He's just now just able to see it. This is her putting, like, because she's getting paid back for dealing with, like, a decade of his bullshit. So, like, yeah, man, it's like, we're, we're, not, the, we're not the easiest people to get along with. So, like, right. Yeah, there's a sacrifice to with our bullshit. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Fitz Nation podcast in audio form. If you like the full uncut interview, you can head to Podcast Central at UFC Fight Pass. There's a bunch of different MMA podcasts there, and I am so proud to be one of them. And that Fitz Nation is on the UFC Fight Pass roster. So if you want more from this interview, you can head to UFC Fight Pass. You can also, of course, 
Head back through the archives. So many of these interviews are evergreen. Great looks at the lives and careers of these fighters we love to watch in the octagon. Get to know them on a whole different level through this podcast, one episode at a time. Special thanks again to Manscaped. Head to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Use the promo code FITS20. And of course, you can always track me down on social media. I am at Brennan. And Fitz TV on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you next time on Fitz Nation.